This program is being monitored by Spirit for quality purposes. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a transdenominational podcast. All are welcome and safe here, no matter what your faith is or isn't. Hello, my name is Reverend Angel Wise, and I'll be your host. I am an ordained transdenominational minister, director of Oblates Perpetual Light, intuitive healer, Kabbalist, and life coach. I firmly believe that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble, many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we'll explore the lives of these amazing beings. We'll also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to encourage, educate, inspire, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are well and blessed. Welcome, welcome, welcome each and every one of you. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything that you're looking and searching for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for being a long-time listener lover and supporter of the show. It is because of you that this show is here. So before we begin, I have to give a couple disclaimers. The first one is one that I've heard so much recently. I've been listening to the teachings of Rabbi Zolman uh, Shachter, and he is just, oh my goodness, he is just so amazing. He started all of his teachings off with, well, the series that I'm listening to, he started them off by saying that this call is being monitored for quality purposes. Now, I want to expand on that by saying this show is being monitored by the divine, by spirit, for quality purposes. So at any given time, and it often does happen uh, on this show, that they will intervene or it will intervene and uh, direct the flow of the show. So that is the first disclaimer. The second one is... The views and opinions expressed by the host, moi, are solely, which I mean that literally, mine. Any and all content provided is my opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. I always recommend that you, the listener, further investigate, contemplate, and meditate on everything that is shared. ISEs, individual soul experiences, will vary. Listening discretion is advised. Okay, so now with all that out of the way, yes, there will be triggers in this because a lot of times our minds are calcified. And those of you with heart issues know what calcification means. It's not a good thing. It's a hardening of the arteries, okay? And a lot of us have a hardening of the mind from years and years of conditioning and years and years of beliefs uh, that are so rigid that are not pliable. They don't have baby bones. They're not flexible in any way. If anything, they've become fossilized. So I say that going into this uh, today's show because there is so much here that is so mind-blowing and heart-expanding that can so connect you directly with the divine 
and receive that just amazing abundance, that afternoon, evening thunderstorm, torrential downpour of light if you just put these things into practice. But if we have that calcified mind, that fossilized mind, and especially heart, um, these things are completely unattainable. It's impossible to attain and, and achieve these things. So this is why I say this going into it, is that, you know, I always say this on the show for all of us, um, and I believe the great majority of our listeners, especially longtime listeners, do have uh, baby bone minds and hearts, and that we are flexible to certain degrees as far as, um, you know, what tools we can uh, gather along our soul's journey and put into use to help the soul, our soul, our spirit to achieve its missions, uh, which is, I've been saying for quite a long time and always will, is that our soul, what is our true essence, our spark of the divine, is here for reasons. It has things that it needs to do, but a lot of time we, the mind gets involved and takes control and doesn't allow the spirit to do anything. So that's what we've been focused on, especially uh, near the end of season four, all of season five, and now into season six, and we will continue on, is to exploring how we can make this shift, how we can get rid of that calcification and get the blood flowing and the, the light flowing more and more and more. So last week we had a great show, um, fantastical show, about Neville Goddard, and I promised at the end of that show that I would do this show on some of his teachings. And specifically, there is a very little but extremely powerful book that he wrote in 1939 called At Your Command. And as we remember from that show last week, that a lot of his books were just pinned by his first name, Neville. And this one is exactly that. It's called At Your Command by Neville, and it was published by Snellgrove Publications in New York in 1939. So if you're just tuning in and just finding the show, you might want to pause here and go back and listen to next, excuse me, last week's show. And in uh, that way, it gives you more of a background on Neville Goddard. So if you don't have that, uh, you're definitely more likely to poo-poo on everything that he says. So if you listen to last week's episode, you're more likely to, you know, be a little bit more open to what he is uh, sharing. So this book is still um, under copyright. It is not um, public domain yet. So I will not be able to read it in its entirety, even though it's only 14 pages. Um, I will be, you know, picking things here and there. And as I always do, share my um, bit of commentary and expand on things and hopes to help um, explain it a little bit more or water it down a little bit more so we can understand. So Neville says, commands to be effective must be short and to the point. The greatest command ever recorded is found in the few simple words, and God said, let there be light. So as we learned last week uh, with Neville Goddard is that he uh, was a big uh, perpetuator and um, sharer of techniques, how we can tap into our light, uh, tap into our divine nature, and 
make things happen in our lives and that we are not just thrown about on the waves of the ocean of life in a life raft with a hole in it, that at any given time we can manifest the uh, boat, the yacht, the battleship, whatever you want to navigate and successfully uh, sail upon the ocean of life. So as he's saying here from the get-go is whatever you want to manifest, whatever you want for your life, start off small. Start off with as few of thoughts as possible to make it happen because the more you add, the more complicated things get and the more room you allow for darkness to seep in and thwart everything that you're attempting to do. So Neville's big thing is about decreeing things to make them come into being. Decreeing is ever done in consciousness, which is anytime we say in consciousness, just substitute spirit, soul, um, divine light, divine spark in that uh, for consciousness, because that's what he's referring to. And he says that is every man, and he uses man in a generic term, because remember, this is from 1939. So don't take it as a specific gender term. It is just a generic term for human. He says that is every man is conscious of being that which he has not decreed himself to be. When the Bible is read in this light, you will find it to be the greatest scientific book ever written. Instead of looking upon the Bible as the historical record of an ancient civilization or the biography of the unusual life of Jesus, see it as a great psychological drama taking place in the consciousness of man. And we've talked quite a bit lately towards the end of season five and the beginning of this season and will for quite a while of how and why we should be going deeper into our sacred text when we study them. And I do pray you all study whatever sacred text that you subscribe to, whether it be the Bible or the Quran, or the Torah, or the Zohar, or your Book of Shadows, or insert sacred text here, your Dhammapada. Um, it, it's important because these sacred texts are written in layers. You know, you can just read it for face value, and you think you're getting a historical record of what actually took place, which is very incorrect, very incorrect with the Bible especially. And if anyone does any historical research, Biblically, you will see that uh, historically things do not line up. So, you know, just to take it at that is to misunderstand your sacred text and not get what you are meant to get from it. It's meant to go deep. And that's exactly what Neville Goddard is doing in his text. And in this book, he goes very deep. And we're going to find that out here in just a moment and see how. How can you go deep? How can you take these words and derive something, a deeper meaning or a, a, a more um, refined wine or juice or nectar from the words other than what they are for face value? So Neville says, claim it as your own and you will suddenly transform your world from the barren deserts of Egypt to the promised land of Canaan. Everyone will agree with the statement that all things were made by God or creator or insert your preferred label there. And without 
it, there is nothing made that is made. But what man does not agree upon is the identity of God. All the churches and priesthoods of the world disagree as to the identity of and true nature of God. The Bible proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that Moses and the prophets were in the or excuse me, were in 100% accord as to the identity of the nature of God. And Jesus' life and teachings are in agreement with the findings of the prophets of old. Moses discovered God to be man's awareness of being. Keep that in mind, folks. Awareness of being. When he declared these little understood words, I am hath sent me unto you. David sang in his Psalms, Be still and know that I am God. Isaiah declared, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast known me. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The awareness of being as God is stated hundreds of times in the New Testament to the name but a few, I am the shepherd, I am the door, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, I am the alpha and omega, I am the beginning and the end, and again, whom do you say that I am? It is not stated, I, Jesus, am the door, I, Jesus, am the way, nor is it said, whom do you say that I, Jesus, am? It is clearly stated, I am the way. The awareness of being is the door through which the manifestations of life pass into the world of form. So single big being, what does he mean? What he means is that getting in touch, going again from operating from the I, me, and mind, the mind, you know, the physical, the humanness, uh, the vehicle, as we've been talking about, from stop identifying as your car and identify as what you truly and naturally are, which is spirit, soul, that I am, that divine spark. You have the creator in you. You and the creator are one. But guess what? Everybody else is as well, as well as everything. The creator creates everything, creates and sustains everything, everything. Whether we call it positive, whether we label it negative, whether we like it or we dislike it or love it or hate it, it's all from the creator. And I know a lot of people debate that in churches have actual physical fights over this between the congregations because of the uh, debate on this. I mean, it's just take a moment, sit with your Bible or sacred text, study it, contemplate it, meditate on it, feel it, study it with your heart and not just your intellect. And you will see not only that, you will more greatly feel the truth. And that's what all of this is about, is when you realize that you are part of the divine, that you are from the divine, you realize that co-creator power that you have, 
And you also realize that, which we'll get into here in a moment, that our negativity keeps us trapped in ill health, um, poverty, uh, ill relationships, doomed relationships. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And that's where the darkness plays in as well, because, yeah, the darkness is going to be in your head, constantly telling you things to you know, try to keep you corralled into the negative, into the doubting Thomas, into the, you know, naysayer, into that calcified, fossilized belief. So Neville continues, if you, the reader, will give up all of your former beliefs in a God apart from yourself and claim God as your awareness of being, as Jesus and the prophets did, you will transform your world with the realization that I and my and my father are one. This statement, I and my father are one, but my father is greater than I, seems very confusing. But if interpreted in the light of what we have just said concerning the identity of God, you will find it very revealing. Consciousness, again, your soul, your spirits, your divine spark, being God is a father. The thing that you are conscious of being is the son bearing witness of his father. It is like the conceiver and its conceptions. The conceiver is ever greater than his conceptions, yet ever remains one with his conception. For instance, before you are conscious of being man, you are first conscious of being. Then you become conscious of being man. Yet you remain as conceiver greater than your conception, which is man. Again, so when we become more and more aware and attuned and living from our heart, from our soul, from our spirit, which is the divine, and not from our humanness, which is the conception. Remember the heart, the I am, the spirit. The soul is the conceiver. The conception is this humanness. So what came first? You being a baby or your spirit? Our spirit, our soul, again, whatever you want to label that divine spark, that divine essence, the divine itself has been around a long, long time, longer than this human body that we currently reside in, this current vehicle you know how many of us uh the car that you have right now is it the same car that you had when you very first started driving probably not especially us old timers uh, we've been through several cars right the same very same applies to our spirit our spirit has been through many bodies many lifetimes and will continue until our purposes, our missions, our goals are met. And this is all about when you awaken and attune to that the heart, the spirit, soul, the essence of what you truly are and what everyone truly is and begin living from that. Nothing can stop you. He continues by saying, Jesus discovered this glorious truth and declared himself to be one with God not a God that man had fashioned, for he never recognized such a God. He said, 
If any man should ever come saying, look here or look there, believe them not. For the kingdom of God is, key folks, within you. Heaven is within you. Therefore, when it is recorded that he went unto his father, it is telling you that he rose in consciousness to the point where he was just conscious of being, thus transcending the limitations of his present conception of himself called Jesus. He transcended his humanness because remember, and all of us should be in agreement upon, especially Christians, is that Jesus was not only God, he was also human. He was both in one form. Just as we are, our humanness is like the humanness Jesus experienced, but our divineness is that of God, the Creator, Adonai, Hashem, um, Allah, Hecate, the Great Mother, um, what, again, whatever you want to label that, which is beyond, literally beyond labels. I know, and I, I, I pray you all are keeping up with me, because this is where it really starts to get to the point where those with the calcification and fossilization and uh, w you know, refuse to bend or be open will start to nay-nay and poo-poo on all this or just turn the show off. But I, I greatly urge all of you to please stick around because this will resonate with you. Even if you are calcified to some degree, it will get through. It will plant the seeds, the mustard seeds, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. So Neville continues, you are at this very moment drawing into your world that which you are now conscious of being. Now you can see what is meant by you must be born again. If you are dissatisfied with your present expression in life, the only way to change it is to take your attention away from that which seems so real to you and rise in consciousness to that which you desire to be. You cannot serve two masters. Therefore, to take your attention from one state of consciousness and place it upon another is to die to one and live to the other. The question, whom do you say that I am, is not addressed to a man called Peter, but one call, or by one called Jesus. This is the eternal question addressed to one's self by one's true being. So by your soul and spirit addressing your humanness. In other words, whom do you say that you are? For your conviction of yourself, your opinion of yourself will determine your expression in life. He states, you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, it is me within you that is this God. And the me is what he's referring to here is your soul, your spirit, your divine spark, and we've talked about this. It was probably season three, beginning season four-ish, about how important it is for us to be positive in our hearts and minds as much as we possibly can, because we manifest, we co-create things. You know, how many of us started our day by saying, you know what, I'm tired. I don't want this, or I am that. You're manifesting, you're creating how your day is going to be. It's going to be a bad day. And guess what? It usually ends up turning into being a bad day because you have created that. You know, where on the other hand, if you think to yourself, you know what, I'm tired, 
but I am alive. I am happy. I am grateful to be alive. I am grateful that I have this day. I am. Let's see that whole I am, you know, instead of, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling, I am not feeling well. Well, you may not be feeling well, but you're manifesting that more, you know, and that's what he's saying about this is to turn your attention to change this. You must turn your attention away from. So I'm not saying that if you are actually ill to ignore it. No, you take control of it. You go to a doctor, you get checked out, you take the necessary medicine, but you keep being as positive as possible. I am going to get better. There you go. That's a great affirmation. That's a great way. And again, yeah, that's the perfect expressions or word as affirmations. We talked about affirmations so much in season three in the beginning of season four. Um, so it, the same applies here as these affirmations. These what you think is what you are. And the more you think and the more you declare, because we don't realize how powerful words are. Words can create it can also destroy. And if you don't believe that, just look at our current world situation. It's all done by words and words make deeds and deeds turn into, it's just a mess. Or is it, or is this the way the divine wants it to be? See, I just manifested. I said, it is a mess. No, it's not a mess. It is turning around. There we go. It is going to get better. See how your train of thought, turning things around, instead of being on the negative, flip it to the positive. And I know that is so easier said than done because we've all been raised. We've all been conditioned. We've all been pretty much um, brainwashed by society and culture and media to be negative. I mean, just turn on the news. It's mo it's 99% negative with, you know, 1% of a happy story here and there, you know, but the majority of it is negative. The majority of it is things that are going to upset you, things that are going to continue to perpetuate that negative state. And we've got to get out of that. Stop focusing on the negative and focus on the positive. Turn that frown upside down. See? So Neville continues. We are told... When you pray, go within a secret and shut the door, or excuse me, go within secret and shut the door. And that which your father sees in secret, with that will be rewarded you openly. We have identified the father to be the awareness of being, our soul, our spirit. We have also identified the door to be the awareness of being, which is your soul, your spirit. So shutting the door is shutting out that which I am now aware of being and claiming myself to be that which I desire to be. The very moment my claim is established to the point of conviction, that moment I begin to draw unto myself the evidence of my claim. So as he's saying, again, if you're ill, instead of all the time, I am sick, I am ill, which you are, but going into your prayer, in saying, in meaning, and feeling, I am going to get better. I am better. I am better. I am better. And continue that mantra over and over and over again and stop focusing your mind on your illness. 
focus, turn it to focusing your heart, focusing on getting better, feeling better, actually feeling it, actually feeling that you are better, feeling that you're getting stronger. And that will manifest into your life. You will become that. Consciousness is the way or door through which things appear. He said, I am the way, not I, John Smith, am the way, but I am the awareness of being. Is the way through which the thing shall come. The sign, signs always follow. They never precede. Things have no reality other than in consciousness. Therefore, get the consciousness first, and the thing is compelled to appear. And this goes back to our show on um, the senses, and that we only perceive less than 5% of any 100% given reality at any given second. You know, again, as we learned, our minds are bombarded by over four gigabyte of data every second every second, and that we get less than a, a percentage of that, less than 5% that goes through filters of our senses before, and it, you know, as the Kabbalists say, we get 1% or less of what is going on, truly going on in reality. So as he's saying here is if we're making, making this shift from the mind, instead of believing what the mind is telling us, our humanness is telling us, and making that shift to our spirit, our soul, and believing what the soul and spirit, we've got to remember what came first and what's been around longer and will always be around, which is eternal, is our soul and our spirit. Once we make that shift, things will naturally change. He continues, apply this principle and you will know what it is to prove me and see. The story of Mary is the story of every man. Mary was not a woman giving birth in some miraculous way to one called Jesus. Now, this is him going deeper into the text. So don't take it as him saying that this did not happen. He's not. He's going into the deepest meaning of this biblical passage and these biblical representations by saying that um, Mary is awareness of being. Mary represents the soul, the spirit that ever remains virgin, no matter how many desires it gives birth to. Right now, look upon yourself as this virgin Mary, being impregnated by your self through the medium of desire, becoming one with your desire to the point of embodying or giving birth to your desire. So again, taking the example of being ill and wanting to be healthy, to be cured, is sitting with that and envisioning yourself as Mary. If you need to break out your Bible and read through the passages to, to put yourself there in that, in that moment, I know men will probably have a more difficult issue with this than women will, but your gender does not matter because your spirit, your soul is genderless. So put yourself in Mary's spot. You are the ever virgin, no matter what you manifest, no matter what you give birth to, your desire. What is your desire? Again, the example we used about wanting to feel better. My desire is to be healthy. That is my desire. So we are Mary, the ever virgin, and we're going to give birth to that. For instance, he continues, it is said of Mary, 
whom you now know to be yourself, your spirit, that she know not a man, yet she conceived. That is, you, John Smith or Mary Smith, have no reason to believe that which you now desire is possible. But having discovered your awareness of being, again, your soul, your spirit, to be God, you make this awareness your husband, and you conceive a man-child, a manifestation of the Lord. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Lord God of the whole earth shall be called. Your ideal or ambition is the conception. The first command to her, which is now to yourself, is go tell no man. That is, do not discuss your ambitions or your desires with another, for the other will only echo your present fears. Secrecy is the first law to be observed in realizing your desire. Because if some of us at, at hearing that might say, you know, that's very suspicious. If I'm supposed to do this and not say anything, or I can't tell anyone that, why? Why shouldn't I be able to tell anybody? And to that, I give you this example. If I take a piece of very sweet, sugary fruit, cut it open, and put it on a plate and stick it outside in the hottest day of summer, how long do you think it would take before insects and bugs just swarm it? The very same thing applies to us keeping what we want to manifest secret, just amongst our own heart, our own soul, our own spirit, between us and the Creator, because the darkness is ever looming. And if you start boasting, if you start bragging, if you start sharing with others, hey, I'm doing this technique, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, blah, 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 um, it it can attract a lot of negative. It can attract a lot of darkness. Uh, as a matter of fact, Kabbalists are very um, strict on that as far as when working and doing things of this nature and trying to um, change things for the better and working on things. Um, we don't talk about it because the more we talk about it, the more we open a window for negative for darkness to come in. And here is another example. Remember the wedding feast where they run out of wine and Mary goes to Jesus and says, hey, do your thing. They're out of wine. They don't, don't let them be embarrassed. Do your thing. And he said, he replied to her, Amma, it is, which is mother, it is not yet my time. Because he knew that as soon as he started to do things, it would put into uh, coming into being his death. It would be the first stone among many that were to follow. That's why when you read the Bible or you study your Bible and it says, you know, Jesus told how many people that he had healed and even one that he brought back from the dead, he told the parents, do not speak of this to anyone. Because he knew that as soon as you start professing these things, look what I have done, or people start pointing at you saying, look what he or she has done, because you've brought it out into the light, you get swarmed by negative. Now, I'm not saying this to scare anyone. I'm just saying it's so important to keep 
things on the down low or things to yourself as much as possible when it's things like this. This is your spirit. This is your personal battle. We give the example of illness. Um, you know, I can give my example of, you know, being told that, hey, you're probably not going to survive this heart surgery. And then I do survive it. And then I'm told that my quality of life will never be the same again. You won't be able to walk, blah, 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 blah. Your life expectancy will be short. The whole time, my heart is saying, no, this is not my reality. We are going to make things right. I am going to survive. I am going to work my tail off to make sure I become recovered, healthy, and live a long and productive life. Now, we haven't got to the long productive life yet. Because <laughs> I'm only 54, for Christ's sake. I don't want to go yet. But hey, some who have gone way before us, one of my dearest friends who passed away at the age of 35, I'm 54, so in hindsight, from his years, I have lived a long and productive life. But So I hope you all see the importance of, it's not being secretive or being sneaky, it's just about being humble, it's about being modest, it's about keeping this to yourself and focusing on it to come to fruition, for it to come into being. You know, God didn't run around saying, creating things to say, Look what I did. Look what I did. I created this. I created that. I created the look at me. Look at me. Never. <laughs> Never. So Neville continues. The story of creation is given us in digest form in the first chapter of John. It says, in the beginning was the word. Now, this very second is the beginning spoken of. It is the beginning of an urge, a desire. The word is the desire swimming around in your consciousness, in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul, seeking embodiment. The urge of itself has no reality for I am or the awareness of being again, your spirit, your soul is the only reality. Things live only as long as I am aware of being them. So to realize one's desire, the second line of this first verse of John must be applied, that is, and the word was with God. The word or desire must be fixed or united with consciousness to give it reality. It must be connected to your I amness. You study that with the Mr. Gadot Maharaj <laughs> uh, show back in season five. So again, connecting with that I am with your heart, with your soul, with your spirit, with your divine um, spark and giving life unto its conception or resurrecting, as he says, that which was heretofore a dead or unfulfilled desire. Two shall agree as touching anything and it shall be established on earth. This agreement is never made between two persons. It is between the awareness and the thing desired. You are now consciousness of being. So you are actually saying to yourself without using words, I am. Now, if it is a state of health, which we've been talking about, that you are desirous of attaining before you have any evidence of health in your world, 
you begin to feel yourself to be healthy. And the very second the feeling, I am healthy, is attained, the two have agreed. That is, I am and health have agreed to be one, and this agreement ever results in the birth of a child, which is the thing agreed upon, in this case, health. And because I made the agreement, I expressed the thing agreed. So you can see why Moses stated, I am hath sent me. For what being other than I am could send you into expression? None. For I am the way. Beside me there is no other. If you take the wings of the morning and fly into the uttermost parts of the world, or if you make your bed in hell, you will still be aware of being. You are ever sent into expression by your awareness, and your expression is ever that which you are aware of being. So in essence, is what he's saying here is whatever we give in our focus and our attention to. Again, if I'm sick and I'm tired and I'm grumpy and I didn't get enough sleep and I me this and you know, if we focus, if our focus is constantly negative, then that's what we are birthing. That's what we are bringing into our world, into our reality. Is we're telling the universe, we're telling God, "I want more of this. I feel bad. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick." So you'll get more sickness because that is what you're attracting. That's what you're calling upon. That's what you are summoning. Again, whatever words, phrases, or language you want to use for this, this is what you are creating or co-creating is the negative. Um, there was a great teacher that I had the immense blessing, Tibetan teacher, immense blessing of meeting and sitting with. This was back in 2006. His name is Kimpo Choga. He's still around today teaching Dzogchen, uh, Buddhism, and meditation, and he's just over-the-top amazing, just brilliant, brilliant, uh, an amazing master. He always had this saying, and it rang true then, and it always has stuck with me. Positive thinking only. And we'll do a show on Kempo Chogo coming up uh, sometime down the pike. But he always said, in stressed, how important positive thinking is, that you should only, only think positively. Now, that's extremely difficult in our world and society, yes? Especially with our media. How do we achieve this? First, start unplugging. Stop watching the news. If you want to know what the weather is, you can look that up on your phone or your computer. You don't need to watch an hour upon hour upon hours of news. You don't need all that garbage. If you want to know what's going on in your area, Google it. It's right there. Google it. Take it in poop it out and be done. Don't stay fixed on it. That time that you sat in front of the TV watching the news, guess what you could have done? Could have been positive, positive thinking only, right? You could have been manifesting positive things in your life or for others, okay? You could have had your sacred text out. You could have been studying that sacred text. And I know we're, I'm raising my hand. We're all guilty of this. How many times have you just lost track of time on the internet on your phone or just surfing the channels on your TV mindlessly, you know, binging on Netflix and other, you know, services that are 
uh, on your phone, TV, your tablets, etc. This is all time. This is precious time. Do I have to mention Haley again, who this season is dedicated to? This is all precious time that we are wasting. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm saying this to wake everyone up is that we do not know when our last moment is it in this lifetime. We don't know when our last breath is. Do I want to be found dead surfing the internet on my phone? Do I want to be found dead sitting in my chair watching some stupid movie? <laughs> not that movies are stupid. I mean, I'm not saying to give all that up. I'm just saying, where is your focus? For 99.9% .9 of us, our focus is on our humanness, our physicality, and everything physical. Everything we can see, touch, taste, hear, feel, etc. We need to make the shift. We've talked about this, and we will talk about this more and more and more. We've got to make the shift to spiritual putting more attention or at least a balance between the physical and our spiritual. You know, I can say, you know, how much time this week did you, okay, say watch Netflix. Again, the Netflix example, not, you know, dissing on them or wishing them any ill will, but say how, how many, how many hours this week did you spend on watching Netflix? And you could probably say, well, I could pull it up on my phone uh, you know, I spent, you know, probably 20, 35, 40 hours this week watching Netflix, my favorite shows and whatnot. Now, if I ask you, how much time did you spend on your spirituality? That means study and contemplation and prayer and living and being your, what you are spiritually, living from your spirit. The majority of us would say, I, I just didn't, I didn't have time. I didn't have time. See what we just did? We brought that into reality. We gave birth to that. I don't have time for what is spiritual. You see, folks, we do not realize the power that we have. We don't realize all the things that we create at any given moment. We just don't. And it's not a, nothing against anyone. You can't blame or, you know, say anyone's doing anything wrong because we were never taught these things. We weren't raised in cultures that imbue and embrace this information. And there are cultures out there that do. So those people are very aware of this and so far ahead of us. Blessings to their souls and spirits for being born in such circumstances. But we were born in this circumstance for a reason, which we'll be getting into in a show probably next week. Uh, I've been hinting at this show for quite a while now as far as uh, what our soul's purpose is and how to figure that out. And this plays right along with it. So next week we will do that show. So Neville continues, the invitation given us in the scriptures is to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. The body being your former conception of yourself and the Lord, your awareness of being. This is what is meant when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again or except ye be born again, 
ye cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That is, except you leave behind your present conception of yourself and assume the nature of the new birth, you will continue to outpicture your present limitations. The only way to change your expressions of life is to change your consciousness. For consciousness is the reality that eternally solidifies itself in the things round about you. Man's world in its every detail, in his consciousness, outpictured. You can no more change your environment or world by destroying things than you can your reflection by destroying the mirror. Your environment and all within it reflects that which you are in consciousness. As long as you continue to be that in consciousness, so long will you continue to outpicture it in your world. And he's so very true with that. As long as you believe you are X, Y, and Z, and you're living that life, that's what you're going to be. But you can take charge, take control. And I know that's very difficult for so many of us to believe. You know, here I have, you know, someone says, here I have terminal cancer. How do I take control of my life? Again, I, I have to point to Haley. She took control. She was told she would have three to six months to live after being diagnosed with terminal ovarian cancer. She lived for another eight years. She did not allow the dictation of one thing over the other. She took charge of her life. She changed her view and her focus to doing everything body, mind, and spirit for one more moment, for one more moment in this lifetime. And as she did that, moment by moment, day by day, she was able to live for another eight years, which was amazing because within that time, she was able to help with the birth of her son, Weston, who was through a surrogate, and have four years, four years with Weston. So he would know who his mother is and know who his mother is for the rest of his entire life. You see, this is what we're talking about, folks. It's, it's what we put our attention and our focus on. If I'm constantly down on myself, if I'm constantly, woe is me, if I'm constantly, I don't feel good, I don't look good, I don't this, and I don't have enough money, and I don't, if I'm constantly focused on those things, guess what? I'm creating and manifesting those things. So those things will continue to happen. You know, the darkness loves us to go down that route, you know, because it keeps us from what? It keeps us from the light, you know? But if we turn, turn that perspective, if we die to that, way of life and say, you know what? That's it. You know, it's like quitting smoking. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to have another from here on out. Now I'm going to be positive. Use Kimpo Choga's slogan, positive thinking only. Put that on a little printout, stick it on your computer, on your phone, make it your wallpaper on your phone. Anytime you activate your phone, it's right there, positive thinking only. And live by that. Live that. And you will see how your life 
and the lives of all those around you, which we'll be getting into in future shows, how everything, everything will change. So we continue. Neville says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. Awareness is the good shepherd. What I am aware of being is the sheep that follow me. So good a shepherd is your awareness that is has never lost one of the sheep that you are aware of being. I am a voice calling in the wilderness of human confusion. For such I am aware of being, and never shall there come a time when that which I am convinced that I am shall fail to find me. I am is an open door for all that I am to enter. Your awareness of being is Lord and shepherd of your life. So, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is seen in its true light now to be your consciousness, your heart, your spirit, your soul, your focus. You could never be in want of proof or lack the evidence of that which you are aware of being. So again, pointing back to what we aware, what we are aware of, what we want, what we desire is what we attract. Um, what we fill our thoughts and our heart with is what we create. We attract. If we, you know, want the bad sheep, we we talk about it, we complain about it, we whine about it, and the bad sheep just continue to follow us, right? But what if we change? What if we change and say, you know what, positive thinking only and start living from that? All the bad sheep go through the cleaners and they come out pristine and clean and positive. And that's how it stays for as long as our concentration, our effort is on that. Before man can attempt to transform his world, he must first lay the foundation. I am the Lord. That is man's awareness, his consciousness of being as God, until this is firmly established so that no suggestion or argument put forward by others can shake it. He will find himself returning to slavery of his former beliefs. If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That is, you shall continue to be confused and thwarted until you find a cause of your confusion. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He. That is, that I, John Smith, Mary Smith, do nothing of myself, but my Father, or that state of consciousness, which I am now one with, does the work. When this is realized, every urge and desire that springs within you shall find expression in your world. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. The I knocking at the door is the urge. The door is your consciousness. To open the door is to become one with that, that which is knocking by feeling oneself to be the thing desired. To feel one's desire as a Impossible is to shut the door or deny this urge expression, to rise in consciousness, to the naturalness of the thing felt, is to swing wide the door and invite this one into embodiment. 
That is why it is constantly recorded that Jesus left the world of manifestation and ascended unto his Father. Jesus, as you and I, found all things impossible to Jesus as man. But having discovered his Father to be the state of consciousness of the thing desired, he but left behind him the Jesus consciousness and rose in consciousness to that state desired and stood upon it until he became one with it. As he made himself one with that, he became that in expression. This is Jesus' simple message to man. Men are but garments that the impersonal being, I am the presence that men call God, dwells in. Each garment has certain limitations. In order to transcend these limitations and give expression to that which is as man, Jonathan Smith or Joan Smith, you find yourself incapable of doing. You take your attention away from your present limitations or John Smith, Jane Smith, conception of yourself and merge yourself in the feeling of being that which you desire. Just how this desire or newly attained consciousness will embody itself, no man knows. For I, or the newly attained consciousness, has ways that ye know not of. Its ways are past finding out. Do not speculate as to how of this consciousness embodying itself, for no man is wise enough to know the how. Speculation is proof that you have not attained the naturalness of being the thing desired and so are filled with doubts. Okay, so let's break this section down because there's quite a bit in here. He's referring to, um, you know, biblically, as you know, Jesus was saying that we are the garments of the divine. It's the same thing applies that we've been using the example of the car, that our car is our vehicle. It's, it's our way of getting around. Physically, we get in the car, and then it takes us where we need to go. So in the same is this body is the garment, is the vehicle for our spirit and our soul. And he's also focusing here on the mind is going to come up, our brain. The, the darkness is going to pop in and, and constantly jibber-jabber. How do you know this is going to work? How, can, how is this going to do it? How, how is this going to happen? How can this manifest? As he's saying, disregard the hows. Don't think of the hows, the owls hows at all. Just know, know, again, your faith, your surrender, your belief that this is going to be. This is how things are going to be. Point blank, no room for wiggle woggle or anything. I am going to feel better. I am feeling better. I am healing I am going to live longer. And it's not just saying it, but it's also, or more so, believing it and living it. So that means you've got to put in the work. You've got to get off your duff. You've got to start working out within reason. Again, consult your doctors before any physical activity. You've got to take care of your diet. You've got to eat the right things. Again, talk with your, with your doctor or a, a nutritionist. You've got to eat the right things. You've got to do the right things. And you've got to believe the right things. Because if you're a doubting Thomas or a, a you know, just downing Debbie 
all the time, you attract that. You manifest that. The darkness just swarms you and you allow it to swarm you and you carry all of those negative things with you and through you. And it just devours you and not just you. Remember this, everyone else around you. How many people have you known that are ill and suffering or taking care of someone who's dying? What does it do to them? It completely drains them, depresses them. And no matter how much they try to stay positive, it just continues to pull and pull and pull on them. Those of you who have been caregivers, long-term caregivers for those who were dying, you know what kind of life that was for you. It really wasn't even a life. Yeah, it was great that you helped take care of a soul in their final years or their final months or their final, their final whatever of this life. Um, but look what it did. Look at the toll. Now look at your life now. You know, in retrospect, now look at how life is for you. Is it lighter, brighter, more positive? Absolutely. And But this applies to everything in life, is the more we surround ourselves with darkness and believe darkness, it's that's what we're going to get. That is absolutely what we're going to get. And again, shifting that identity. I am not this human body. Yes, this human body is part of me, but it is not. It is not me. It is not who I am. Just like you are not your car. Your car is not who you are. Your car is a vehicle to get you from point A to B. Just like this body is a vehicle for your spirit, your soul, um, your I amness to be in this lifetime. We all, because, and again, this is nothing against anybody because I'm raising my hand. We're all subject to this because of our upbringing and our conditioning. Our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents didn't know any better unless we were from a region where this was taught, which majority of us are not unless you're from the Eastern places and cultures, that we didn't know this. That this is how we've been raised and our parents have been raised and our grandparents and great grandparents and literally generations have been raised and it gets it continues today to be raised that you are this physical body, this I, me and mine. It's you against the world and forget everybody else. You know, if you want it, you've got to you've got to kick and claw and and take it and, and hurt whoever you can get to get to it. That's not it. That's not it. I mean, you, you can manifest these things through peaceful ways and loving ways as we're covering here. So Neville continues, I am the vine and ye are the branches. Consciousness, our spirit, our soul is the, the vine. And those qualities which are now conscious of being are the branches that you feed and keep alive. So again, your focus, your attention, your, um, you know, your desire, just as a branch has no life except to be rooted in the vine, in the vine, excuse me. So likewise, things have no life except you be conscious of them. Just as a branch withers and dies, if the sap of the vine ceases to flow towards it, so do things in your world pass away if you take your attention from them because 
Your attention is as the sap of life that keeps alive and sustains the things of your world. So again, as we were saying, if you're focusing on the negative all the time and everything is just negative, negative, negative from the time you get up to the time you go to bed and everything in between and your life is negative, constantly negative thoughts, negative speech, negative actions, then that is your life. That's what you're feeding this human existence. You know, but if you change that, you change that, again, positive thinking only. To dissolve a problem that now seems so real to you that all you do is remove your attention from it. In spite of its seeming reality, turn from it in consciousness before indifferent and begin to feel yourself to be that which would be the solution of the problem. For instance, if you were imprisoned, no man would have to tell you that you should desire freedom. Freedom, or rather the desire of freedom, would be automatic. So why look behind the four walls of your prison cells? Take your attention from being imprisoned and begin to feel yourself to be free. I'm going to say that again. Begin to feel yourself to be free. Feel it to the point where it is natural. The very second you do so, those prison bars will dissolve Apply this same principle to any problem. And that is so very true, folks. I mean, I, I can testify that that works. You know, you've got to put it into your life. You, it's just not a one and done thing. And that's the difficult thing is we all want the one and done. We want the easy road. And this is requires work and a lot of awareness and concentration. When man realizes that he is now that which he is seeking and begins to claim that he is, he will have the proof of his claim. This cue is given you in words, whom seek ye? And they answered Jesus, and the voice said, I am he. Jesus here means salvation or savior. You are seeking to be salvaged from that which is not your problem. You are healed from your problem when you touch the solution of it. Who has touched me? For I perceive virtue is gone out of me. Yes, the day you touch this being within you, feeling yourself to be cured or healed, virtues will come out of your very self and solidify themselves in your world as healings. It is said, you believe in God. Believe also in me, for I am he. Have the faith of God. He made himself one with God and found it not robbery to do the works of God. Go you and do likewise. Yes, begin to believe your awareness, your consciousness of being to be God. Claim for yourself all the attributes that you have heretofore given an external God, and you will begin to express these claims. For I am not God afar off. I am nearer than your hands and feet, nearer than your very breathing. I am your awareness of being. I am that in which all that I shall ever be aware of being shall begin and end. For before the world was I am, and when the world shall cease to be, I am before Abraham was 
I am. This I am is awareness. So again, keep in mind that this consciousness, this, this life, this spirit, this uh, soul is divine. It is of the divine, from the divine. Um, you know, if I gave you a bowl of water with salt in it and dissolve the salt in the water, what part is water and what part is salt? Can you taste the difference or taste the ratio? No, you just taste salt. The same applies with the divine. The divine is in you, is in me, is in everything. It is, is literally, it means something like a bee. It is everything, literally. It creates and sustains everything, everything. So when you become more in tune with your divinity, with that divine spark that is in you and me and everything, it is endless to what you can achieve when you start operating from spirit instead of humanness. Now, I'm not saying shut off and walk away from the humanness. Of course, we can't do that. That'd be like saying, I need to get from here to Atlanta and not take your car or a plane or any mode of transportation. You can't even walk. It's impossible. You can't do it, right? We need these bodies. We need these physical things. So it's important that we take care of these physical bodies. But the thing is, is to stop living our entire life from the, the physical and to balance, balance, spend more time working on the spiritual with these affirmations, you know? How many of us, raise your hand if you would like to have more money in your life to do more things, to help more people. You can manifest that. It takes a lot of work and a lot of focus, as we've realized in these teachings, but it can be done. And as I can testify, as far as health goes, yes, yes, you can change your health. You can change your health outcome. But it's got to be the balance between the physical and the spiritual. Okay, Neville continues, no man, which he means is manifestation, comes unto me except the Father within me draw him, and I and my Father are one. Believe this truth and you will be free. Man has always blamed others for that which he is and will continue to do so until he finds himself as a cause of all. I am comes not to destroy but to fulfill I am the awareness within you, destroys nothing, but ever fulfills the molds or conception one has of oneself. Follow the example of the prodigal son. Realize that you yourself brought about this condition of waste and lack and make the decision within yourself to rise to a higher level where the fatted calf, the ring, the robe await your claim. There was no condemnation of the prod prodigal when he had the courage to claim this inheritance as his own. Others will condemn us only as long as we continue in that for which we condemn ourselves. So happy is the man that condemneth himself, not in that which he alloweth. For to life nothing is condemned, all is expressed. Life does not care whether you call yourself rich or poor, strong or weak. It will eternally reward you with that which you claim as your true of yourself. When a man is hungry, without thinking, he automatically desires food. When imprisoned, he automatically desires freedom and so forth. You 
or excuse me, your desires contain within themselves the plan of self-expression. So see, we can do this and we do this subconsciously. We create things and manifest because no one wants to suffer. But when we're waking up and saying, I'm tired, I'm sick, I hate my job, I hate this, I hate my place in life, I hate this person, I hate that person, I dislike this, I dislike that, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. This is the stuff we are subconsciously manifesting. We are putting that energy out there, and it's, it's coming to fruition. We just need to flip that switch. We need to change that view. So, he says, leave all judgments out of the picture and rise in consciousness to the level of your desire and make yourself one with it by claiming it to be so now. Four, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. To see things as real is to deny that all things are possible to God. The man who is imprisoned and sees his four walls as real is automatically denying the urge or promise of God within him of freedom. Again, if we are going on based on that 5% or less of what we perceive to be our reality and we take that as solid, that's not living. We're missing out on the other 95% or more of what is truly going on at any given second. Problems are the mountains spoken of that can be removed if one has but the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Men approach their problem as did the old lady who, on attending service and hearing the priest say, if you had put, if you, excuse me, if you had but the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto yonder mountain, be thou removed and it shall be removed and nothing is impossible to you. That night, as she said her prayers, she quoted this part of the scriptures and retired to bed in what she thought was faith. On arising in the morning, she rushed to the window and exclaimed, I knew that old mountain would still be there. For this is how man approaches his problem. He knows that they are still going to confront him. And because life is no respecter of persons and destroys nothing, it continues to keep alive that which he is conscious of being. Things will disappear only as a man changes in consciousness. Deny it if you will. It still remains a fact that consciousness is the only reality and things but mirror that which you are in consciousness. So the heavenly state you are seeking will be found only in consciousness for the kingdom of heaven. That's a good one. Is within you as the will of heaven is ever done. On earth, you are today living in heaven that you have established within you. For here on this very earth, your heaven reveals itself. The kingdom of heaven really is at hand. Now is the accepted time. So create a new heaven. Enter into a new state of consciousness and a new earth will appear. Now that is extremely deep. But it's so perfect. And we'll be getting into more shows in the future on these topics as far as, you know, bringing the you know, kingdom of heaven to earth. We, we all, all of us, have, it has to begin within. It has to begin with each and every one of us. You know, it starts with that seed, with that, you know, positive thinking only. 
in starting small and working up and working through and ascending and ascending as we go and working towards that, becoming more aware and, and living more from our spirit, from our soul, from our I amness, you know, from our divinity, you know, getting closer, closer and closer with the divine, with the creator, again, whatever you want to label it, receiving more and more and more light and becoming more of a spirit, more of, um, you know, not just, we're not the car, you know, we're not identifying as our car, we're identifying as our spirit, but we are aware that this humanness is conditioned. It needs sustenance. It needs to be taken care of and it needs to proper environments and conditions for it to live as long as possible. So we have this vehicle, just like it is with your car. You have to take care of it because if you don't, it's going to break down and, and it's going to leave you stranded, right? That's exactly what will happen with our bodies. If we don't take care of them, they will break down, die, and we'll have to leave this lifetime. But the thing is, is to, again, the balance, because for the majority of us, and I've said this and I'm sorry to keep going around about, but I can't state it enough, is that for the majority of us, we identify as this body as this I, me, and mine, where we need to make that switch to start coming more, focusing more from that consciousness that is our spirit, our soul, our I amness. So Neville continues, I am nameless, but will take upon myself every name that you call me. Remember, it is you yourself that I speak of as me. So every conception that you have of yourself that is every deep conviction you have of yourself is that what you shall appear as being for I am not fooled. God is not mocked. So again, if you're saying constantly, I am tired, I am sick. I feel bad. I am this. That's what you're manifesting. Now let me instruct you in the art of fishing. It is recorded that the disciples fished all night and caught nothing. Then Jesus came upon the scene and told them to cast their nets in once more into the same waters that only a moment before were barren. And this time their nets were bursting with the catch. Hey, what's the deep meaning of this story? The story is taking place in the world today right within you, the reader. For you have within you all the elements necessary to go fishing. But until you find that Jesus Christ, your awareness, is Lord, you will fish as did these disciples in the night of human darkness. That is, you will fish for things, thinking things to be real, and will fish with human bait, which is a struggle and an effort trying to make contact with this one and that one, trying to coerce this being or the other being and all such effort will be in vain. But when you discover your awareness of being to be Christ Jesus, you will let him, you'll let your spirit, you'll let your soul direct your fishing, and you will fish in consciousness for the things that you desire. For you desire, excuse me, your desire will be the fish that you will catch because your consciousness is the only living reality you will fish in the deep waters of consciousness. If you could catch that, which is beyond your present capacity, you must launch out into deeper waters. For within your present consciousness, such fish or desires cannot swim. 
to launch out into deeper waters, you leave behind you all that is now your present problems or limitations by taking your attention away from it. Turn your back completely upon every problem and limitation that you now possess. Dwell upon just being by saying, I am, I am, I am to yourself. Continue to declare to yourself that you just are. Do not condition this declaration. Just continue to feel yourself to be. And without warning, you will find yourself slipping the anchor that tied you to the shallow of your problems and moving out into the deep. This is usually accompanied with a feeling of expansion. You will feel yourself expand, again, receiving more light as though you were actually growing. Don't be afraid, for courage is necessary. You are not going to die to anything by your former limitations, but they are going to die as you move away from them, for they live only in your consciousness. In this deep or expanded consciousness, you will find yourself to be a power that you had never dreamt of before. Because I am your consciousness, your soul, your spirit is the excuse me, resurrection and the life, you must attach the resurrecting power that you are to the thing desired if you would make it appear and live in your world. Now you begin to assume the nature of the thing desired by feeling, I am wealthy, I am free, I am strong, I am healthy. When these feels are fixed within yourself, your formless being will take upon itself the forms of these things felt. You become crucified upon the feelings of wealth, freedom, and strength. Remain buried in the stillness of these convictions. Then, as a thief in the night, and when you least expect it, these qualities will be resurrected in your world as living realities. Successful realization of the thing desired is also told us in the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Here it is recorded that Daniel, while in the lion's den, turned his back upon the lions and looked towards the light coming from above. But the lions remained powerless, and Daniel's faith in his God saved him. This also is your story, and you too must do as Daniel did. If you found yourself in a lion's den, you would have no other concern but lions. You would not be thinking of one thing in the world but your problem. Which problem would it be? Lions? Yet you are told that Daniel turned his back upon them and looked towards the light that was, in his, that was his God. If he would follow the example, if, excuse me, if we would follow the example of Daniel, we would, while imprisoned within the den of poverty of sickness, take our attention away from our problems and of debts or sickness and dwell upon the thing we seek. We do not look back in consciousness to our problems, but continue in faith, believing ourselves to be that which we seek. We too will find our prison walls open and the things sought. Yes, whatsoever things realized. Another story is told us of the widow and the three drops of oil. The prophet asked the widow, what have ye in your house? And she replied, three drops of oil. He then said to her, Go borrow vessels, close the door after ye, 
have returned into your house and begin to pour. And she poured from three drops of oil into all the borrowed vessels, filling them to capacity with oil remaining. You, the reader, are this widow. You have not a husband to impregnate you or make you fruitful, for a widow is a barren state. Your awareness is now the Lord or the prophet that you have, excuse me, that has become your husband. Follow the example of the widow, who instead of recognizing an emptiness or nothingness, recognized something, three drops of oil. See how she was focused on the positive. What do you have? She could have said nothing. Because who would who of us would have said, oh, I've got three drops of oil. You would have just said nothing. I don't have anything. Three drops of oil. That is a start to focus on. Then the command to her, go within, close the door. That is, shut the door of the senses that tell you of empty measures, the debts, the problems. Again, shut out the voices, the darkness, the mind, the humanness saying, you can't do this, this is not right, or you, you can't attain this, or you're turning your back on the Lord, or all these things that are just going to be spewing up to try to thwart you and stop you. You can't reverse this cancer. You're going to die. There's no way you can heal. Again, turn your back on it, close the door. When you have taken your attention away completely by shutting out the evidence of the senses, which remember are less than 5% correct at any given second, you have embodied. That which you are recognizing as true of yourself today is that which you are experiencing. So be as the widow and recognize joy, no matter how little, the beginnings of recognition, and you will be generously rewarded. For the world is magnified, excuse me, a magnified mirror, magnifying everything that you are conscious of being. I am the Lord, the God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What a glorious revelation. Your awareness now revealed as the Lord thy God. Come, awake from your dream of being imprisoned. Realize that the earth is yours and the fullness thereof, the world, and all that dwells therein. You have become so enmeshed in the belief that you are man, that you have forgotten the glorious being that you are. Now, with your memory restored, decree the unseen to appear, and it shall appear. For all things are compelled to respond to the voice of God, your awareness of being. The world is at your command. So that, my dear brothers and sisters, is a lot of the At Your Command by Neville Goddard book. Again, that was released in 1939 by Snell Grove Publications in New York at that time. I will have a link to this book uh, in the show description. A lot of times this little book is included with other books as in like a collection. Um, so I don't know if it's actually available in and of itself. If it is, I'll let you know in, you know, with a link. If not, I will include a link to some of his other great titles. Like I said, I've studied three of them so far, and they're all amazing. They really are. They are, all of them are very eye-opening and very um, bringing you to your 
what you truly and naturally are. And that's something we all need. You know, we, we need these teachings. We need these reminders because this is so contrary to what um, modern day everything, culture, media, government, politics is pushing. You know, they're not pushing this because this is freedom. This is actually freedom from all the garbage. And, you know, believe it or not, um, changing the world begins with us, with us ourselves. When we begin, when we change ourselves, you will see your world change. And with each person that changes, the world changes accordingly. And it's just something that cannot be put into words. It's beyond that. It's such a, a spiritual thing. And I so hope and pray that at least some of this has gotten into all of you, that you've understood it. If you all have questions, I have no problem uh, expanding more. If you want to contact me, my contact information is at the end of the show and of every show. Uh, and for those who, um, you know, as I was saying, are naysayers and poo-pooers and um, are fossilized, you know, or calcified in, in thought and belief, I do pray, sincerely pray that, you know, he used a lot, a lot of um, wording and passages from the Bible and showed us the extreme deep essence and meaning of these teachings. And I so pray that you stuck around uh, to this point and that it resonated with you on at least some level. You know, as, as long as it helps you in some way then we're doing what we're doing. You know, we're doing what needs to be done here and that the light, the creator is shining through, um, through these shows. So thank you all so very much. We will now get to our uh, closing prayers, updates, and our closing blessing. This week's prayer requests and updates are as follows. Emily, and Jonathan, and their family, Kayla, Terry, Denise, Nicholas, Taylor, and Weston, Maudie, Stephanie, Sarah, and Kia, Elaine, Bob, Clyde, Lisa, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Trish, Chad, and their family, Bishop Ashley and his family, Brother Abel, Megan, Mike S., Kelly and their family, Michael W., Tanya, Anna Lee, Cheryl, Elijah, his husband Andrew, grandmother Janet, father Mike and Eddie, Eddie's mother Becky, Emma, Jean, Kathy, Tony and their family, Michael T, Kyra and her family, Courtney Moore, Jan, James and Linda. And if you, my dear brothers and sisters, are in need of prayers, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I love to pray, and our faith and more family love to pray. So let us pray for you. If you want prayers, all you have to do is just reach out. My contact information is coming up here at the end of the show and at the end of every show. And now we're closing prayer and blessing. Let us pray. Oh, great creator, we humbly come before you with great gratitude and love. Help us to see that even when we perceive suffering, that we also, or more so, perceive blessings. Help us to see that each challenge before us is a challenge put there by you for us to overcome. 
So we become closer, can become even more close to you and receive your light, the light that you want so desperately to bestow upon us, help us to get to the levels to where we can receive more and more of your light so that we may not only help ourselves, but more so help our loved ones and all of those that we come in contact with. Please help today's show to resonate within our hearts and minds and help us to digest everything that we learned. So again, that we can not only put it into practice into every facet of our life, but also so we can help those we love and those we come in contact with. We ask this in your name, O great creator, who is beyond all labels and all names. Amen. I so hope and pray you all have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for and a podcast here and more. Please stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever format that you're listening because this will greatly help move the show up so when people do a general search, they're more likely to find us. And the more people we reach, the more people we can help. Also, feel free, please, please, please feel free to share the show with anyone and everyone that you feel might be interested in it and it might benefit. And if you really, really enjoy the show, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show and the Faith and More Ministry. Offerings can be made through patreon.com slash faithandmorepodcast. We actually have three tiers of membership there. So again, at patreon.com slash faithandmorepodcast. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. There's lots of great videos there, and it gives you more of an immersive experience. Just go to youtube.com slash at faith and more podcast. Next is prayers. I love to pray in our faith and more family. That is you love to pray as well. So let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email me directly at faith and more podcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website at faith and more podcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site. There's a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. And of course, links to everything here mentioned in the show and in the closing here can be found in the show description. Intro and outro music are courtesy of Lay FM, L-E-S-F-M, which is at lesfm.net. And the Oblates infomercial is courtesy of Ivy Music. Links can be found in the show description. Check them out and show them some love. So until next time, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers. Bless you.